Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Welcome back to another episode of Cannell and Bell, I guess that's what we're calling it now. Pete, welcome back, brother. It's good to have you. Where's my uh, video of my football flipping and basketball and spinning and everything? You missed, like, the day they brought a bunch of people in here. I think we're going to reshoot it, though, and if you're going to be, like, a recurring <laughs> role, maybe we get you, <laughs> we get you doing something on the beach. Dude, my jump shot. Um, how are you? Try to guard me. How are your holidays? I, I would lock you down. <laughs> Come on, go right. But you look like the dude at the park, though, that would just be... I'm fake, yeah. Go underneath. Fake. Box out. Cup. In my ribs the whole game? Yeah, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I love that. That was a little dirty. Little yeah, I like that. You know yeah. I get down with that. Um, how are your holidays? Good. You? Yeah, really good. Really good. I got a little cold, though. Too yeah. much time away from... There's a fungus among us, and it's you. It is me. Yeah. It's my daughter at you home. Know, you know what's going to happen is, like, on Sunday, I'm going to come in here for the last NFL Sunday, I'm going to have your cold. I know. And I will yeah. be at home laughing. I'll blame, I'll blame Matt Coca. <laughs> um, all right, so you're talking about Sunday. Um, let's go to Tom Brady, who made some news, like he'll be playing this Sunday, and he's talking about wanting to play at least another year, and probably further. And this was according to what Westwood One Sports, where he did an interview, said he wants to come back for 2019, uh, and I absolutely believe I will, and I want to play beyond that. I don't doubt that Tom Brady can TB12 method and all of that. I guess the bigger question for me is, like organizationally, right? Like what they do with older players is tend to kind of transition them out before the tread wears off. I know Tom's a different animal, but at what point do you think they start to Make that backup plan. Like when they start to groom someone else, they lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, at what point is that in their best interest to start doing? Well, they should start grooming somebody. They should find yeah. somebody too, because obviously you're not going to play to your fifty. Although Correct. Aaron Rodgers and we had this conversation, he says he's going to play to his into his forties too. And well, with the new rules, you can play. I mean, well, that's why you don't get hit. Right. Correct. You don't get hit. You're, they take much better care of their bodies. Yep. Back in the day, you ever see that vintage picture of Len Dawson at halftime of the playoff game? <laughs> yeah. He's got a, a, a Mountain Dew or something at his feet. Or no, it was Fresca, and he had a cigarette. And a cigarette. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, These guys take care of their bodies year-round. I mean, look at Drew Brees is playing at a high level. Yeah. So I think Brady can continue to play if he wants to. It's, you know, what's the family obligation going to be like? I think that's pulling him a little bit in that sure. direction. But, you know, people say, oh, he hasn't had the same kind of season. Early in the season, he had all kinds of injuries. They didn't have any speed. Yep. They got Gordon. Gordon, you know, he gave him a provided him a speed threat. Sure. Then Gronk got hurt, and Gronk's carrying a piano around on his back. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He can't run anymore, so his weapons are limited. Tom Brady can still play. And oh, by the way, Roger, come playoff time, who do you think is going to be right there in the middle? Oh, I'm putting my stock in. I always put my stock in the Patriots. Of course, proven. It's an entity. Um. So okay, yeah, I'm with you in that he can play. Not a, not an issue. So you you get a guy, you groom him. Like I don't know, you, you try to find that diamond in the rough in the draft. Um. When are they going to make a commitment then if you're going with Trump, Tom Brady to actually get him some weapons? Because the older he gets, like, and yes, you can play until you're 45 now, right? You're not going to get hit. You take care of your body. But there does become a little bit of a slippage in terms of what you can do arm talent-wise and just, you know, your natural skill set starts to decline even though you're still producing. That means you have to have better weapons around you. That means organization. You have to make a commitment to getting him some shiny toys. Yeah, well, they got the running game. They got Sony Michelle last year. Yeah, it was in this draft, and and he's actually going to be a big part of what they do in the postseason. They want to run the ball a little bit. Right. Uh, they tried to get some guys at the trade there. Remember, they they inquired about um, Demarius Thomas. They right. sniffed around that. They knew clearly that Josh Gordon might have some issues going forward. So they kind of tried to prepare themselves a little bit. The problem was they let Brandon Cooks go. Yeah. You let Brandon Cooks go out the door. That was your speed threat in that offense. And, and so that was a mistake on their part. Now, Bill Belichick's made mistakes for as good as he's been. Yeah. Akeem Hicks is playing great 
for the Bears. They let him go. Chandler Jones gets a boatload of sacks. They let him go. You can't pay everybody. I get it, but you got to prioritize some of those guys. But I think Brady, Brady can still play at a high level for the next two or three years. Right. And his numbers aren't gaudy, but this year, but I still think he's going to turn it on in the postseason. Let me ask him, let me ask you about one of his counterparts. Um, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And, and you know, Joe, Joe Philbin's filling in. Aaron's come out and said that he'd like Joe Philbin to be the guy going forward. Uh, they've interviewed Jim Caldwell and Chuck Pagano, both guys who are kind of retreads in the NFL world. What do you see as being a good fit for Aaron? Cause they're, they're, is it a retread or is it a guy who can give him like this, a new innovative, fresh look at an offense and maximize his talents? Before we get to that, I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, the guy you played with somewhere along the line was a star player in the NBA. And then it just went off a cliff, and you guys all looked around. and You go, he can't do it anymore. Was there one? Yeah, Allen Iverson. Yeah, yeah, but I wasn't. New? I wasn't on his team anymore. But he was fantastic. They traded him to Denver. Um, he was still really good in Denver. And then right at the end of Denver, and as he got shipped to Detroit, you played against him, and you were like, wow, that's not. It's not the same. It's anymore. gone. It's gone. It and it was right. like that. It was. What was it? Wasn't... Quickness. Yeah, it was quickness. It was ability to finish in in the lane. And the NBA is weird because it's like when when you start to decline, the refs stop protecting you. Right. So then you don't get the benefit of all of that stuff. Got, that you, you don't. He was tough. That was yeah. One, he was tough. He go into the lane and bang. They stop calling that. Yeah. So now, like you're NBA. foraging into the lane, you're throwing stuff up, but you're not getting rewarded. So it really looks bad. It happened like that. No teammates that you. Uh, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. No, you know, because I was I moved a lot. Right. So I, by the time by the time like. You got, got to here. some places. There was a guy that was already he was already done. over the hill, or it. yeah, or he was a star, it. and I didn't get to see his yeah. decline. It's just, it's just, it's one of the cruelties of sport is to see that happen to oh. a great player. You know, and as a player, like I wasn't a great player, but for me, it happened. I came off of like an injury, like I, I tore my wrist up, and I was still pretty good in Charlotte. Like I was able to go out and produce to my normal numbers, and then I had to miss a year, and I was a free agent, and so. You know, I had the Lakers looking around. I had the Bulls that offered me a couple-year deal, uh, and I wanted to go back and play for Jerry in Utah. When I came back, I was never the same guy. And you knew it? I, I didn't know it. Like, you didn't it was, know it? No, I didn't know it. Like, I was fighting. You know, you're you're a competitor. Like, I'm fighting to, 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 to be the starter, and I was the starter. Like, I was still good enough to do that. I just, you know, fractionally, instead of making, like, 40% of my threes, I'm at, like, 35 now. And instead of, you know, like, every number slipped a little bit, and then I started getting these nagging groin injuries, and then... A year and a half into it, I was like, "Yeah, this is happening. Um, this is why. This is a wrap. Your body is breaking. Yeah, body's breaking down. Plus, you know, I had my third son. To your point about uh, Tom Brady, right? You know, my priorities were my wife shagged balls for me. Like when we were together and right. we didn't have kids, we'd live in a gym. You know, now I got two boys and the third one's just born, and it's like, yeah, I'd rather be at home than right. be in this gym shooting jump shots. And when that starts to change, and then the body starts to change, and you ain't making shots." Probably time for you. Yeah. <laughs> time to walk. Time to let it go, you know? Um, but back to your question but, about, uh, cause I yeah. thought that was interesting. I like, I like hearing those kinds yeah, of stories absolutely. about, you, you live the NBA life so that you've seen guys who were at that pinnacle and then they weren't. But it's, it's always important and it ties into this, this, the Jim Caldwell, Chuck Pagano type of thing. I had good coaches. Like, right. and I had communicative coaches that would, would let you know, like, listen, like, there's a, there's a role. But it ain't what you think it is, you know, and that, right. that those channels of communication become even more integral when you're an older player and they're trying to usher in this new era of of, of star. They got to protect you a little bit, let you yeah. take some practice. Absolutely, yeah, sit right. you down and, and right. not wear you out, right. you know. Because some of these old, oh. old tyrants from the yesteryear, they would beat the daylights out. right into the ground. Yeah, no. and some of them still do. No, yeah, they, they think there's something that are not, and like Matt Patricia in Detroit is having a problem with his players because he's acting like he's Belichick and he doesn't have skins on the wall. See, that's dude, I. This was always a source of like a lot of consternation for me when guys would come into the locker room. Like, and I'd never dealt well with change. Coaching changes anywhere I've ever been. 
You ask the people when there was that coaching change, who was the, the toughest one to deal with? It was me. Uh, because the new guy coming in usually didn't have the same resume. Wasn't like we were getting like Larry Brown for, uh, 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 Terry Porter or, you know, Jerry Sloan for Tyrone Corbin. We were, we were dropping down to an unproven guy. And so when you come in and you're laying the hammer down in the law and you're changing all the vernacular and this play used to be called 21, now it's got to be pistol and we're all looking around. I'm like, bro, you ain't like you have a, a playing career like resume, but as part, as it pertains to coaching, you ain't done ish. You know what I mean? Right. It's a tough thing sometimes. Yeah, especially when you're a veteran. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah back to uh, Rogers. You asked that question uh, about these guys. I don't think they're legitimate candidates. Now, I think Chuck Pagano and Jim Caldwell can be head coaches again. Right. I think both of them have done a really good job. Pagano was a darn good coach, and Jim Caldwell won a Super Bowl and has been a very good coach. Yeah. Look, the Lions were better off when Jim Caldwell was there, so I think they both will, but not in this situation for me. Okay. Here's why. I think Rogers needs an innovative, creative offensive yeah. coach. Now, Caldwell's a good offensive coach, but he's not one of the new age offensive coaches. I think he needs that. I think McDaniels, Josh McDaniels in New England has been around the league for a long time, but he's creative. Right. He's got his own little niche where he creates things in that offense. Yeah. I think he would be, I thought he was a failure as a coach before, but I think he'd be great the second time around because he won't have personnel power. Right. You know, you, you've seen this in, in the NBA where a guy gets power. And he has too much. It, and it yes, overwhelms correct. him. You correct. should be just coaching yep. and let your GM make the decision. Yeah. Right? It's tough to wear both hats. Of course. So, you know, like Popovich has that in San Antonio, but he has R.C. Buford on top of him kind of. Correct. Checks and, checks and balances, right. And he's earned that right. Yeah. These new guys, they didn't earn, like McDaniels had that in Denver when he got the job and he didn't earn it. Right. But I think McDaniels will be a great hire. I think I'd call Lincoln Riley. Yeah. I would. I'd say, hey, Lincoln Riley, you want to, you interested in coming to the NFL? Do you think that Lincoln Riley is quick? Cause by, by most people's accounts, Aaron's like one of the, you know, he's a goat and he's a vet and he could be kind of demanding, tough to deal with. Do you think Lincoln Riley is innovative enough where he can capture like Aaron's? Cause what it is, it's about, it's about like, it's about capturing their imagination to some degree, right? Like it's like, like, no, I know he doesn't really have a resume yet, but man, that stuff he's doing is really cool. Is his stuff cool enough where it's going to, you know, captivate Aaron Rodgers? I think Aaron Rodgers wants that. Really? Yeah, because he's played an offense where it's been two and one or two by two and you run your ISO routes, no picks, yeah. no rubs, no motion, no nothing. Mean, Get it done. Very simple. Yeah. And when your players are better, you can win that way. When your players, your receivers aren't better and they aren't as good. Devonta Adams is very good, but you can double. Yep. Then you don't win that way. So I think he wants, he sees the Rams. He sees they have all that motion and pre-snap stuff and and all the stuff they do, and he wants the Chiefs. And with you know Tyreek Hill running inside shovel screen passes and little quick screens and everything and all that creativity, he craves that. So I think he would be okay with Lincoln Riley. I am concerned about this though. Uh-huh. All right, he came out and kind of hinted that he wants Joe Philbin. Devonta Adams came out and kind of hinted he wants Joe Philbin. Don't do that. Don't do that. I don't ever want to hear, hear a coach hired that the players wanted. Right. Right? No, I'm with you. I don't you. want that. Nope. I, no. Listen, we, we talked about this before on the show. Don't, I don't care. Like, with all due respect, I appreciate, like, if I'm Joe Philbin, and even if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I appreciate you guys having Joe Philbin's back. Right. I don't care who right. won. This is not going to be, like, who Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Freeman won. No. This is going to be what's best for our franchise going forward. That's why I get paid. Right. Right? Like, you get paid to throw the ball. Devontae, you catch it. This is why I get paid. So let me make this decision. Right. And, and the other thing is, is if it, one of the things that Rodgers started, you know, having bouts with uh Mike McCarthy because they bucked heads a little bit. Right. I get it. But that's always, a, you know, it gets to a point. You want them having those little wars and, sure. and stuff, but it gets to a point, then it gets too tiresome over and over again, and then you got to cut ties. But you don't want them to run over the guy that's in the in the seat. You know who's another guy like that, and it transitions us to our, our next, it's LeBron. 
Because LeBron's infamous for that. Right. LeBron's infamous for lobbying for a dude, right? Lobbying for a dude. And if he doesn't necessarily get that dude, sometimes he'll make life a living hell for the dude who's in the seat until he can get his dude. Like, I remember, like, I'm going to, because I want to ask you about the injury. Yeah, no, no. I love it when you go off on your, your NBA so tangent. I was with, uh, Cleveland. And, you know, we were trying to debate as to whether or not me and David Griffin walking around like Rodeo Drive one morning. Man, we might have to fire David Black. This is David Griffin to me. And I'm like, Griff, like we just hired him. We can't, you know, we can't fire him. Beautiful, sunny, like 70 degrees, like Cleveland, it's three feet of snow. And I'm like, bro, you're bringing me down right now. I just want to stroll Rodeo. He's like, no, we, we're going to, you know, these guys won't, you know, they won't play. And I'm like, look, just let me talk to LeBron. We're going over to UCLA Pauley Pavilion to do a shoot around. So I grab LeBron after like practice. I don't talk to LeBron a lot because yeah, there's better effect when you don't talk to him all the time. Like he's the type of dude, if you're always on him, you're always on him, like it starts to lose it. So I only talk when I need to talk to him. So I run up on him and I'm like, yo, dog, will you hang out with me for a second? He's like, all right, what's up? I said, look, what's your take on David Black? And he looked at me. He was like, I said, all right, I got it. I was like, but here's the problem. Like as a front office, first of all, it's got to be, you know, something that, that we do, right? This can't be on you. I said, and so you, you know, your legacy isn't really what happened in Miami. It's going to be tied to what you can do here in Cleveland. And we want to make that happen for you. I was like, but if you guys won't play for him, it, it, we don't know what we have in him. So we can't fire him. So I need you, if you could, to get them cast together and really give it some effort with David Blatt for the next couple of weeks so we can make an assessment on David Blatt. And now at the time, again, I didn't know unequivocally that LeBron was doing this, right? Like I just had a sense that they weren't really playing for him. So he looked at me and I was, he's, I said, cause if he's not the guy, we will get rid of him. We're going to do what we need to do for you. He said, all right, I got you. They came out. We, I think we won, we won that night. Maybe we lost that night, but it was better effort. We won like an eight game win streak. Like they just weren't playing for David Blatt. No matter what, they weren't going to play for David Blatt. We wound up, you know, going to the finals. We lost and then they fired Blatt the next year. But there are circumstances under which, like, your stars, if they don't really love that guy, you know, to get what they want, they will just be like... So LeBron didn't like David he didn't, Black. He didn't like David Black. What didn't he like about him? Uh, well, it's not that he didn't like him as a person. I don't think he trusted. It was another situation where Black came in with European championships. Right. And he didn't trust that or that he, type like, of experience that wasn't, that wasn't, what, wasn't good enough. Not the NBA. We don't, we don't need that. And in LeBron's defense, like, it worked out. Like, they wanted... I'm not sure that we wouldn't have won one with David Black the next right. year. I thought David had some really good stuff that could have transitioned if guys were kind of open. But pros become kind of set in their ways. But let me ask you this. Did LeBron want a guy in there that he could control? So he wanted T. Lou. Right. T. Lou was on our staff, and a lot of people thought T. Lou should have got the job right away. Um, T. Lou was, I want to say, kind of more, more controllable than David Black. He didn't control T. Lou, but they had a more of a relationship. Like, you know, T. Lou was not that far removed from playing. Right. He kind of ran in some of the same circles that overlapped with some of the players. Not all the time, but, you know, you could run into T. Lou some places. So I thought he had more control, LeBron did, with the T. Lou situation than he did with David Blatt's situation. In the NBA, the star usually is the coach of the team in a lot of situations. A lot of times, right? yeah. Other than San Antonio, right? That doesn't play in San Antonio. No, but I do think that in San Antonio, the star would have a lot of say in, like, in-game stuff. If something were working, he could say to Pop, hey, Pop, look. We need to do that. And I think Pop trusts his star enough to be like, even if he had another idea, okay, let's give that a whirl, you know? Let, let me ask you this. And this is just one of my old theories about, you know, football coaching is every week you got to come up with a game plan. Yeah. Grind and do this. Right. In the NBA, isn't pretty much being the head coach is having the respect of your players, knowing how to substitute and when to call your timeouts? 
Time out. Yes. Uh, it's, per, it's, it's ego management, right? right so that's like, knowing your plan. Handling your team. Man, yeah. Managing those personalities. Yes. Timeouts. Knowing when to use those out of timeouts become really important for NBA coaches, right? Like, so it's, managing, it's, it's, yeah, it's, managing the game, like knowing when to right. call them. It's, it's, it's even more so now because they're less timeouts. Right. Being able to get a bucket out of those right. sometimes becomes so really timeouts. Cool. Yeah. Whole. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, substitution like, stuff is happening so fast in the NBA that it, there's not as much game planning and stuff. Like right. they spend a lot of hours in there. Don't get me wrong, but it's just coming at you every other day. Okay. So LeBron, clear out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just coached the Cavs. Hire me, Steve Nash. Pick and roll. Amari, get it done. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, right. I, I, there's I, a lot of that, and, and I and I get it. There's you know the the rotations and all that, sure. and everything else. And still, it's management more but, than more but than. But I've always contended that. Coaching in the NBA would be a lot easier than coaching like in the NFL. Uh, I don't know that it's easier. It's different. I don't, I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's easier. Well, give me, give me the, look, you have to, so while the flow of the season is taking place, I could tell you that like there's not as much game planning as, as it goes into NFL season, but training camp, like installing who we're going to be defensively, it's tough. Like when you get guys that don't know how to play defense or be in health side or, you know, help the helper or, you know, any of those things, like, play pick and roll the way we want to play like all of that the install of that like the install of who we're going to be like the dna of our squad like that's really when the coach is worth his salt when you come out of training camp and you know how you want to play mike was a, i never ran in my life on a basketball court ever like you know we in on pickup games you get up and down right but i get to phoenix and mike spends all of this time just ingraining in us that we are going to fly up the court and i've always been told not to shoot threes on the break like in Utah and in Dallas and in Philly, they barely even let me shoot. And now he's got to reprogram me not only to run, but to shoot it when I get it in the corner immediately. Like it takes a whole lot of good coaching changes, to be able to do that. He mind. completely reprograms people, and, but, and that's but, what popping. But them here's do. what I say though. Okay, I've never coached an NBA game in my life. Yeah. Ever. If you gave me Jordan, Pippen, and the Bulls, I'm yes. still winning. Correct. Fifty-five games. There's something to that. Right. Yeah. If you, I mean, look. But if you gave me the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, who's arguably the greatest player in the league right now, I'm not. I'm not winning any. Yeah. Well, you have. Yeah. There are more pieces, but that's why you have DCs. You have, right. you have OCs. You yeah. have all that. I just think. I just think the NBA. I mean, I'm, 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 it's not gym class where you roll the ball out and say go. Play. Oh, I hear you. But it's, it seems to me that if you know how to time out, use your timeouts, come out of timeouts, like you said, sub, because that's a big. You know, your yeah. rotation is sure. important and. Ego, uh, massaging, then you're gonna be, cause that's what it is, right? So here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna coach, uh, the Packers next year for five games, and then we'll let you coach the Bulls for five games. We'll see how you come out. We, this year's Bulls? No, I want the Jordan Bulls. You I, want, a couple, I want the Jordan Bulls. They're not gonna make me have that team. Alright, uh, Pete, let's get into some bowl action. Yeah. A lot of games. Canes play today. Uh, helping us break that down, we'll bring in Emery Hunt. E Hunt is gonna be moving the line with us. Uh, you can follow him. On Twitter at F Ball Game Plan. He is, uh, 39, 27, and 3 on the season. 4 and 1 last week. Emery, He's welcome. On fire. Yeah, He's bro. On fire. Blazing. Um, Emery, let's get it started, man, with the, uh, Camping World Bowl. You got West Virginia versus Syracuse. Syracuse laying the point. What you got? Yeah, I'm going with Syracuse in this ball game. No Will Greer at quarterback for the Mountaineers. This was an interesting game if he was going to play because I like the contrast in styles, but I think Syracuse will outpace West Virginia in this ball game. Quarterback quit, team quit. Give me Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Um, let's see. All right, let's keep it moving. We'll go out to uh Texas with the Cotton Bowl. Clemson, uh, this is a big one, but it's 12 and a half versus Notre Dame. Are they that much better? 
They may be, but right now, I think a lot of people are underselling Notre Dame and how similarly they are built to Clemson. So I think because of their defense and how they're able to run the football, I know that's going to be a tough task against this Tigers football team. But this team is built a lot of the same ways that Clemson is, is really built, especially within the front seven. It'll be a lot closer than people think, so take Notre Dame and the points. I agree 100%. And, and I heard Dino Babers, who coaches at Syracuse, talking about both these teams because he played both of them. Yep. And they had a close, close game with uh, Clemson, and they ha- couldn't handle Notre Dame. He thinks it's going to be close. He thinks Clemson will win, but he thinks it's going to be close. I agree. I'll take the points in Notre Dame. All right, boom. All right, let's move to the Orange Bowl. We got Bama lane 14 against Oklahoma. Here's the thing. Oklahoma does the one thing well that you have to have to be able to do against Alabama's defense, and that's attack them vertically down the field. The issue is that Oklahoma's defense, I don't know if they could deal with that downward pressure because Alabama can easily switch it up and become a running football team as opposed to a balanced football team. I think it's going to be the defense that's going to cause issues for Oklahoma in this ballgame, so later points with Alabama. I'm never going against Alabama. They got their second string could maybe make it to the final four. I mean, it's ridiculous how many players they have on that team. You know, they lose guys on the defensive line and the kid comes in, Williams comes in and he's, he's going to be a high first round pick. Give me Alabama minus the points. All right. Uh, no concern with the Tua situation. It's not going to be irrelevant. The Oklahoma defense is so bad that they can, and whoever plays court, they could get the third string guy in there, the Matt Jones kid and they'll score 40. No issues. All right. Let's keep it moving to the uh, NFL. We got the Colts and the Titans. Um, Colts is hot as anybody right now laying three um, at Tennessee. Don't sleep on Blaine Gabbert's athleticism. However, in this ball game, the Colts, to me, are the better offensive football team. And because of that, I think they'll win this ball game easily. So lay the points with the Colts. It's going to be a good game, but it's going to pull away late. Indy is going to pull away late. So take the Colts in this one. The Blaine train goes off the rails in this one. Look, uh, I don't care if Mariota played, if Blaine Gabbert plays. The Colts are the better team. And here's the thing about the Colts. The Colts' defense is growing up. All yeah. the young players are getting better by the week. I'm taking the Colts and Andrew Luck minus the three. Okay. Um, so let's keep it moving to the Browns and the Ravens. The Ravens with this rushing attack. Some people say it's sustainable. People worried about Lamar Jackson getting hurt. Uh, the Ravens are favored by six, uh, bringing the Browns to town. Here's what I love about these games and the narrative that's surrounding the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, they didn't play anybody. They didn't beat anybody. But let's take a look at the teams that Browns have played uh, during this stretch of uh, games that they've won and the teams that they played that were actually really good teams. The Chiefs, the Texans, and the Chargers all blowouts. You look at Baltimore, defensively, they're excellent. And as much as I love this Browns football team and the, and the way they're building, great draft class, excellent production on the field since Hugh Jackson has been gone. But the Ravens will win this one by double digits. That football team is really good. The offense, quite honestly, is running a different offense than they ran in the preseason. No one talks about that. Go look at the offense they ran weeks one, two, and three in the preseason with Lamar Jackson. They were running the, the Joe Flacco offense. Now this is a completely different offense combined with the fact that their defense is excellent. This is a buzzsaw waiting to happen for the Browns. I like the Ravens to win this one by double digits. We have disagreement. This hey. is the first one. I'm taking the Browns and the points. And look, I love what the Ravens do on defense. But until Lamar Jackson shows me they can consistently win from the pocket. And he did made a couple plays last week. Yep. I'll give him that. And I think eventually he's going to be able to do it and do it well. But they don't ask him to do it. And the Browns are very good against the run. I think they're going to stop that gimmicked up crap that they run because that's what it is. They know it's not sustainable for the long run. Uh, and I think the Browns will keep it close. The Ravens will win. Late field goal. Tucker bangs one in. They go to the playoffs. Boom. Disagreement. Emery, last word, brother? 
Pete is way off base on this one. I love you, Pete. But here's the thing. When you look at Lamar Jackson being the X factor, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Don't uh, it work smarter, not harder. If they stop the run, can they defend the pass? Also, now you spread the field. You have a guy in Lamar Jackson. They're going to have to designate a spy to him. The tight ends are going to be open. They are better at tight end than they are at receiver. That's going to put a lot of pressure on those safeties for the Browns to cover. That's where they can win in the passing game if the Browns stop the run. Emery defending this position, brother. As always, thanks for having us, man. That's Emery Hunt. Um, we got to get to some sound. We talked yesterday, uh, Danny and I, about Baker Mayfield. I had a little bit of beef, not with Baker, but just kind of the some of the little things he gets into. Let's hear a little sound from Baker uh, from yesterday. I don't get why people have a problem with football being a competitive sport. You're supposed to play with emotion. You're supposed to play with passion. Quite honestly, if you don't like it, whatever. It's Football's not meant to be a soft game. Could care less. Where you at on Baker? I um, like the way he handles himself. Yeah. And I like that mentality. Um, and look, anybody who's ever played competitive sports, when you get there, you become a completely different person than right. who you are. And I, I told Philip Rivers this this summer. I said, Philip, you might be one of the five nicest guys in the National Football League off the field, but you may be one of the five biggest jackasses. Yeah. On the field. Right, right, right. And he looked at me and he goes, you know what? I take that as a compliment. A compliment. Cor- correct. Right. And I think that's who Baker Mayfield is. I, I you, you didn't like, I didn't like the Hugh Jackson situation. Right. I didn't like that at all. I thought, shake his hand when he comes over to you after the game. Be a man about that. He didn't do anything to you. That, and, then, that, that, and then last week when he glared him down, let me tell you something. I know Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Baker. You wouldn't want to light that fuse, right. I'm telling you right now, buddy. You might, yeah, you, you might, twisted, huh? you don't want to get, you don't want to mess with you, Jackson. I can tell you that right now. I like Jerry Sloan, man. Like, yeah. get them twisted because they're older and they're staying right. on the sideline now, right? right? Here's, I love Baker too. I love everything Baker is about competitive wise on the field. Um, you know, that fire in his belly, me against the world mentality. Like, I, I prided myself on being one of those type of guys, kind of like Philip. Like most people who knew me or know me off the court are like, you're nothing like who I thought you were on the court. So I get it. My only beef was that it seemed personal with him and Hugh. And maybe I don't have enough, you know, information, but I just didn't feel like there was enough done to Let him go. by Hugh Jackson. That was my only beef, right? Like I, I just like it doesn't have to be a personal thing with it could be you against the world. I didn't understand why it had to be him against Hugh. That was my only beef. Well, was he mad because he didn't start him in week one? I mean maybe it, it, what what's the what's the basis for Well that's my he question. He said he was mad the last time because he went to a rival. But they fired him. Right. So I'm like, what do you right. like he, Yeah, I don't I think I look, I love what Baker stands for. Yeah. I love let's put it this way. Little guys with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that. Okay, <laughs> obvious for obvious reasons. So I don't mind the way he conducts himself. But sometimes you got to do it with a little bit of class. And going over to your former head coach and staring at all I didn't the game like is that's all I didn't love. Let line. me ask you because we debated it yesterday too. Uh, does he win um, rookie of the year? Or is this yes, he wins it. Yeah. I, it, well, you know, it's offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Right. He'll well, win the, he'll right. win the offensive rookie of the year. He'll get that. I think he'll be beat up Barkley because of where he is. I mean, if he throws a couple touchdown passes, this game's going to set the touchdown record. He didn't even yeah. start the whole season and get the Browns where they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's, he's, uh, I am one of the voters in that thing yeah. and, and I will vote. The bar's been set high and I, t- I told our guys that I, I gave them that line today. You guys have set the bar really high. So everything takes on a little, a uh, little greater sense of urgency um, in terms of what happens around the team. Um, you know, we're maybe the most scrutinized team in the history of the league. 
Um, I know we're right there with the Bulls teams that I played on and felt the same, but even more so now because of uh, the number of media outlets and the uh, immediacy of the judgment. Um, look, I don't. Steve's really good in his interviews, like, and he's really good right. with his team. Um, are you concerned with Golden State at all? And I'm not, but this was one stat that did concern me a little bit. It, they've lost at home by 20 points five times. Good teams don't get blown out like that. Well, how many games was Kerr out of those? I mean, uh, Curry out of those games? I don't know. I don't know. See, that's that's the thing. They they didn't have him for a while. They didn't, still they didn't have Raymond points, Green though. for a while. And they've kind of been banged up. It's almost like, to me, though, Roger, they're going through the motions of the regular season this year. They know they can turn it on in the playoffs. I agree. Turn it on in the second half of the season. Get the, you know, get into the playoffs and turn it on Pete, and go win it again. I'm with you. Like I said, I started, I'm not super concerned, but that, so to your point, like I don't know how many games Draymond missed to those or, or Steph, but if you had a, a well-rounded depth, then it wouldn't have been an issue because you still have KD, you still have some pieces around there. Like I'm talking about 20 points or more blowouts. It's concerning to me and, and it speaks to like some of these better teams this year, like the Toronto Raptors, though they, they, they can play 10 guys. Like, and, and I know traditionally you play like seven guys and in the playoffs, like they shorten it. They play eight and playoffs shorten it to seven, but this is a new NBA. There's a new style of play. Paces, you know, up and down. So you're going to get into your bench more, which means you need more bullets in the chambers and they don't have them. And that, that is a, if there's any reason for concern for me, that would be it. They're just not that deep, but they're getting Boogie Cousins. Right. Coming back. Uh, is there any concern from you that Boogie doesn't fit? No, they'll make it work. They'll make it work. Look, he can get up and down the court. It's not like he's. Oh, he's got a fantastic skill set. Right. So, so no, he'll be, he'll fit. He, he, okay. You mentioned the Raptors. Yep. Everybody's hot to trot for the Raptors. Yep. You had to pick a series. Right State. Of course. I told you, I'm not really worried. I'm, I'm <laughs> picking here, right? Like this is a team. But the, like, the quote is the one that I'm like, oh, the poor babies are getting <laughs> criticized. <laughs> Come on, Steve. Yeah, Steve, look. I mean, they went to, they, you, Got a dream team together. Of course, if things don't go that well, you're going to have criticism. Um, I do feel like people gloss over how good, like, the LeBron. So, cause right now it's like Golden State and the Bulls. Like, you you heard it in his comments, like, as the only two teams. People forget about, like, the Miami team with Dwayne Wade and, and, and Chris Bosch and LeBron and how much of a microscope they were under them. Oh, they were under a microscope. Like in terms of oh, pressure yeah. cooking. Not oh, not yeah. in terms of like, but in terms of just pure pressure cooking, we're going to dissect every single move you guys make. Like, that was some real, real pressure. I don't feel like this team feels half of the pressure that that team felt. And I don't, I don't know why. the Bulls did either because he made a good point. There was no social media. There was yeah. no immediacy, everything. You had to wait to the next day to find out the score in some places. You yeah. know, it's a different... Hey, Raja, Raja, you talked earlier before about, like, knowing when your career was coming to an end. Do you think there's any sort of, like, feeling that they know this is coming to an end? You've got Clay Thompson about to be a free agent. Kevin Durant's about to free, be a free agent. Like, Livingston's not going to be there anymore. Do you Do you think they sense it's, like, breaking apart right now and this is it? Yeah, I think that they probably sense something. I don't know that they know that it's that, right? But there's, there is a pressure there. Like, and so you, the, the headline is just, are they feeling the pressure? I don't think it's the pressure to necessarily win. It, but it's the, it's the pressure. Well, it is the pressure to win. It's the pressure that, you know, this, it, it could, but I don't know that they feel that it's going to fall apart. Like they don't own that, but they can feel a pressure there. And it is because of that, because your window, it's closing, and that's with any team, any dynasty, right? Like, the deeper you get into it, the harder it becomes, the more pressure you feel to, 
like fulfill the obligation to be the best team. But KD is gone next year. That's a given. I don't know that it is. Oh, I think it, I think he's going to New York. I don't know. I hope he leaves. I think he's going to the Knicks. I hope he I goes. Think that's the next chapter for him. New York, New York. Yeah. Got LeBron in L.A. He's going to New York. He's going to be in the Knicks. And, 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 you know, he's a businessman, KD. You go to New York, that's the business center. You want to go up there. I, I think he's I, a Nick. I think it would be fantastic for him to go to the Knicks, play with Chris Tapps, like reignite the garden. Right. That'd be really dope. I don't, I don't think it's foregone. Like, ev- for the last six years, anything that you told me was going to happen in NBA free right. agency that I thought, like, made sense has turned out to be just like completely the opposite. Yeah. Right. So I, I like guess. I like I I just like you didn't think he was going to Golden. I Park. never thought he'd go to Golden oh. State, and there he goes. You didn't think right? Westbrook was going back to Oklahoma and, City, and there he goes. I right. thought Paul George was out of there. Right. He resigns. Right. Like so, you know, I don't know, but I hope I hope he dips. But to to answer your question, Coca, yeah, I think there's some pressure there, but I don't know that they know that this thing is going to fall apart next yeah, year. Yeah, I think they're in the mode. Well, we'll flick the switch and we'll go. I I think it's more that. And once they flick the switch and go, they're the favorite to win it all again. Not everybody can flip the switch. It's easy. It's well, easy to flip. Four, in the NBA, if you have four and now five great not everybody players. Can do it. Not everybody can do it. Who's going to challenge them, Rob? But, but, and. Give me, look, give me a, give me a team. You're, you're year five now, right? right? So you could maybe flip the switch in year two. I'm just saying the deeper you get into it, but, okay, the but harder, the malaise is like thicker. It's okay, harder to flip the okay, switch. But. Whether they flip it all the way or they flip it to ninety percent, who's going to challenge? Yeah, I'm with you, dude. Hey, Pete, Pete, it's all <laughs> fun. Listen, it's, it's all it's all fun and games nobody. until LeBron joins the conference. It's all fun and games until LeBron's there and he's breathing down your neck, and you know that they could get Anthony Davis next year. You know he's going to make some big moves. They know that, LeBron's coming. We're talking about this year. This year, who? Ra- Raja said just yesterday he thinks that he thinks that the Lakers could challenge the Warriors. He did I do. say that with this team. With this Lakers team, push, challenge, Stop not beat them. No, I'm Stop serious. It. I'm dead serious. Like I, I, first of all, what they did to Draymond was kind of embarrassing. Did you see they didn't play him? Like they didn't even guard him. Uh, I wouldn't guard him either. Everyone, like if if people were watching on Christmas Day, like that's a page I would. I would guard I've, them. I've said that for years. I said I wouldn't guard him. If, you, if your three pointers beat me, have at it, buddy. Don't guard him. Uh, I, I think they post some challenges. Brandon Ingram, length on length with KD. Uh, Lonzo guarded the heck out of Steph Curry. Yeah, Steph didn't, didn't shoot great, but Lonzo did a really good job on him. They still don't have a matchup for LeBron. Uh, is there a broom they, in any, they, is there a broom here anyway? No, no, I'm with you. Like, uh, but, uh, I think that they could push. I think that would not be a rollover. You would not want to see the it's Lakers. Is that going to be a sweep? No, I don't think so. Oh, I don't think that'd be a sweep. I don't think, I don't think it'd be a sweep. Though.